Well, I'm Alistair Donald. Uh, I'm Associate Director of the Future Cities Project, uh, amongst a number of other things. Uh, I'm also Project Director for the British Pavilion at uh, the Venice Biennale next year. Uh, I'm running a new architecture and urbanism winter, uh, summer school uh, next year. Uh, but most uh, pertinently, I think, for tonight, uh, I was the topic editor of the China issue of Urban Design. Uh, so, just uh, want to kind of go through a little bit about what we were trying to do with, with that issue. We're going to, we've got uh, four speakers to follow me, and I, I'm going to introduce them, uh, actually, as, as, as they come up to speak. Uh, I've given them uh, 12 minutes each to speak, very precise. Uh, and I am going to kind of hold them to that, actually. So if they're, if they're lagging a little bit, I will be giving them a bit of a prod. Because uh, I think the, the, the really important thing about tonight is, is kind of not only getting a sense of what's going on in China from these people that have uh, got very good insights, but also uh, having a chance to uh, explore what's going on there and, and to try and draw out some of what they're saying, uh, to explore some of the tensions and contradictions uh, about uh, urbanism and the growth of cities over there. And believe me, I th that there are actually many. Uh, in terms of an introduction, uh, I don't, I've put together a few images and I just really want to flick through them uh, fairly quickly, uh, giving you a, a few thoughts about uh, some of the stuff that was in the magazine and why it, why it was there. And kind of the image that you're looking at is, I suppose in many ways, becoming one of the classic images of, of world cities these days. You know, it's kind of probably not up there with that classic image of Manhattan yet, but it is becoming a very, very famous image looking over to, to uh, over the, the river to uh, Pudong. And, you know, Chinese authorities are, are, are very keen to utilize it as part of the imagery of, of uh, the development of the city. And I don't know if any of you recognize uh, this, but uh, some people, if you can cast your minds back to the early 1990s, around about 1992, I think it was, uh, this was one of the early master plans of what to do uh, with Pudong. And if I show you that image, and then that image, then you might kind of start to guess who it is, because I think the sty stylistically it becomes very obvious that it's actually Richard Rogers and, and, and uh, some of the work that he did. And, you know, he obviously did quite a lot of work, even down to looking quite detailed design work here. But what happened to it? Well, this was the time that uh, he developed those plans. This is an image from uh, looking over the river to Putong in 1990. Uh, and 20 years later, uh, it's become this. So you can see the kind of incredibly rapid pace of development that's, that's uh, been taking place in China, which is, is you know, it's startling in a way. And, and obviously the, the kind of British mindset of putting a master plan and then wait around for a few years until someone decides to develop it is kind of not really on in China because you put in a master plan and actually you find that someone built it yesterday and it's no longer relevant. So a tremendous sort of pace of of uh, development and you know if, if, if you think about the urbanization process that's been going on uh, there's been something around about 300 million people that have moved into Chinese cities over the past 30 years and to give us to, you know in many ways this is part of probably the greatest migration ever in history well undoubtedly the greatest migration in history uh, if you compare it uh, say to what was going on in America in the late 19th century, if you take the period around about 1880 to 1910, 
then America absorbed about 15 million migrants during that 30-year period. And China, just now in, in, in the migration to its cities, has absorbed 300 million in that same period. So by comparison, it's, it's, it's incredible what's going on there. And uh, this, this image is from a report by McKinsey. Uh, and what it's, it, it's saying is, is that uh, just now, uh, essentially half the Chinese population live in cities. By uh, 2025, that number is going to be almost up at a billion. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to keep going. And you know, there's all sorts of talk of how many Chinese cities are going to be built every year. Chinese, China's very, very difficult in data. Uh, it, you know, it's difficult to know exactly what to believe and what's going to happen. But the idea that you, know, you can build even 15 cities a year, uh, which is less than some people estimate, is, is obviously uh, a potentially phenomenal achievement. And as a consequence, can, one of the things that you get about China quite a lot these days is just this barrage of statistics about what's going on. You know, it's got 1.3 billion people. They smoke 38% of the world's cigarettes. There's 55% of the world's pigs there. They use 60% of the world's uh, cement production and 50% of, of the lorries to take it to all the building sites. And, you know, it is, if, you, if you go to uh, somewhere like Shanghai and you take a taxi across the city, across one of the, the expressways through the city early in the morning, as I, I did at the end of last year, then you know, the whole place is alive with trucks full of stuff taking places. There's just an incredible sense of uh, a, a dynamic about development there, which is, you know, for someone coming from the West, is, is uh, incredible uh, because obviously very little happens here. Uh, we haven't built a city for 50 years. Uh, and you know, they're planning on building all these kind of you know, 300 cities in the next couple of decades. The maps are mind boggling. Uh, and you know, it's, it's quite difficult to, to kind of, almost quite difficult to comprehend things. And what you tend to find quite a lot then is, is that uh, you, you're hit with these, this barrage of statistics about everything. This is a kind of double spread from a, a McKinsey report, on, or the same McKinsey report actually. And it, it just hits you with this kind of barrage of statistics. And what we wanted to do with the, the magazine was actually to try and get a little bit behind some of the statistics. Uh, and because of, just because of the pace of development, the number of people and the number of cities that they're going to build, there tends to be kind of almost, I think, two common views of, of, of China just now, especially in the West. It's either going to rule the world, it's kind of the greatest thing ever that's developed and it's going to uh, uh, you know, basically take over, or on the right-hand side, you've got the kind of fears of the pace of urban development in China. You know, when a, million, when a billion Chinese jump, then the world is going to collapse, basically, is, is pretty much the message of Jonathan Watts's book. And I, we kind of wanted to, or I, I wanted the writers who, who wrote for the magazine to kind of get away from that, that, that sort of polarized opinion and actually explore a bit more what's, what's going on there. Because there are all sorts of tensions and contradictions. I mean, if you take, for example, this, which is the idea, uh, and again, who knows how accurate it, it, this is in terms of whether it was ever an intention to make it happen. But the idea of bringing nine cities together under a single master plan to make a large super city of 42 million people is kind of mind-boggling, really. Uh, you know, whether it happens or not, even to, to think about trying to do it is, is, is kind of an incredible thing. And yet, 
you still have 30 mil million people living in caves in China. You know, the, the, the kind of contrast that, that exists across the country is, is really uh, fascinating and, and, and uh, I think one of the things that, that I kind of wanted to pick up on. So, in a way, a lot of the, the, the things that we tried to do with the magazine were inspired by uh, a conference that I went to in Suzhou at, uh, at, at the end of last year called Master Planning the Future. And it was a fascinating uh, conference, fascinating range of speakers with all sorts of different ideas, huge arguments, uh, very interesting to see uh, the, 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 the thinking from all different parts of China, from uh, people who are policymakers and government officials, through to people who are master planners and urban designers, through to architects. And it was held in the university, so a lot of academics and students kind of thrown into the mix as well. So it was really interesting uh, uh, level of discussion. And we wanted to kind of, some of the, in fact, a lot of the writers actually are, for the magazine are, are, were actually at that conference. And we tried to draw out some of the, the themes that, that uh, were explored in that that, that situation. So uh, we looked at the tensions between wanting to pres uh, you know, preserve the past and master plan the future. We looked at whether eco-cities were, were a viable way forward. We looked at why, why in the West we seem uh, so completely anxious about development, yet in China uh, it can't come quick enough. You know, the, the speed in, uh, of development in China is only a problem for Westerners. It's not a problem uh, really, or seen as a problem for, for Chinese people. And, you know, we, th there's just incredible things going on. And I mean, where else do you see uh, a 20-year look into the future with this level of detail in terms of, 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 of the future planning? This is the Urban uh, Planning Exhibition Hall in Shanghai. Uh, this model takes up something of the order of 800 meters squared on, on a single floor. So it's about the size of three tennis courts, uh, which you know, it's obviously a phenomenal thing to do. And, you know, at the time when we in the West have kind of almost lost faith in, in, in ambitious master planning and, and big-scale planning, then they like to do it in, in, in a very grand style. And this is, this, I mean, this is the building that that model's in. It's a six-story building right in the People's Square in, in the center of Shanghai. So they're not taking this stuff lightly. Uh, and... You know, it, it, it drives a lot of development. This is, this is the, a similar sort of model in the Urban Planning Exhibition Hall in Beijing. And you can see, uh, and, and this one came along in, in the kind of mid-2000s, and, and, and they obviously had a peak in the future, and it's been realized already. Uh, even in, in sort of, uh, you know, not, not in the main cities, but in the second-tier cities, in, 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 this one's in Shenyang, uh, they have these ideas for these fantastic uh, big sort of planning exhibition halls where not only planners but actually the public are getting to grips with what the future might be. Having said that, uh, you go to somewhere like uh, Chongqing, and I have to apologize for my, present, uh, my pronunciation actually uh, <laughs> uh, at the start. Uh, I hope it's uh, okay for everyone, uh, not very good probably. But in Chongqing, uh, you know, you have once again this grand sort of planning exhibition hall, but then how does it translate? Well, outside, uh, this is the kind of uh, development that's, that's uh, uh, been built in, in, in that city. And obviously, there's a disparity, possibly, or 
almost certainly, between uh, the level of ambition uh, that uh, is evident in, in some of the master planning and the big planning stuff and what's actually been built on the ground. And kind of that's what we wanted to explore in the magazine as well, is what is the practice of urban design in China? Uh, is it this kind of stuff, which you know anybody can churn out these sorts of images? Uh, what, what, what's the sort of level of, of uh, uh, vision in, in, in urban design terms? This is, this is for one of the EcoCity uh, master plans. Uh, this is, this is uh, another one in, in terms of how is, how is the urban design realized? Are, are these just pretty pictures or, or is, is there actually anything of quality going to, to come out of this stuff? And I think kind of our speakers are going to have some interesting thoughts on that uh, later on. And one of the big issues just now uh, is, is really, in terms of the future, what is going to happen to the Chinese middle classes. Uh, this is Thomas Friedman, uh, comfortable, well-off Westerner, who seems to think that it's uh, a big problem if Chinese people become a bit like him. Is that, a, you know, has he got a valid concern? Or uh, should we tell him to uh, get lost and, and, and kind of celebrate the dynamic of Chinese development, which means that more and more people are emerging from poverty and having the type of wealth and mobility and all the rest of it that we in the West have. And again, I kind of think we should come back to some of these issues in the discussion because uh, they, they can be uh, quite heated topics of debate. And, and this is just a, an indication of, of uh, some of the... the again from a McKinsey report of, of kind of the drive towards uh, uh, integrating the middle classes within, within cities. And obviously one of the things about China is you go back, uh, uh, back to the 1960s and, or, or even further and there's always been an authoritarian bent to how development is managed. So one minute uh, there's a drive towards moving people to cities, albeit under uh, permits uh, and, and you know, the hoku, which is, is, is uh, uh, the, the way of rationing uh, the space within, within the city. Uh, and then the next minute, everybody's been told to move back to the countryside. So there's kind of authoritarian bent to what's going on there, which can potentially be quite problematic. Just now, over the last uh, uh, year especially, there's been all sorts of questions as to whether there's a Chinese uh, housing bubble and whether it's about to burst. And you know, there's, there's, there's a ghost cities discussion. Uh, this is Ordos in, in, right up in the north of China where uh, the fantastic level of building has gone on over the past uh, 10, 15 years, and yet there's situations like this where these places are basically uninhabited. So how much of a problem is that? I think that's another interesting uh, discussion. And kind of how much of a problem is it in China, and how much of a problem is it that we see we see it as a problem in the West. Uh, this is, this is uh, the current exhibition in the Danish pavilion at the Venice Art Biennale, which is a reflection on, on, on uh, Hangzhou, uh, where uh, Western-style copycat development has been built, uh, and yet there's no one living there. So it kind of ties up that kind of ghost town, copycat cities sort of debate. Uh, and you know, it, it seems that we're very perturbed about this in the West, uh, but but does that say more about us, or does it say something about China? Again, kind of something interesting to discuss. And anybody who reads the Times uh, might have seen on Saturday that China has become very obsessed with kind of en English cultural uh, artifacts. So uh, Downton Abbey is, is one of the big programs in China just now. Uh, all the middle classes are watching it. Uh, 
Why is that? Well, I, again, maybe something that, that we can explore. But there's definitely, you know, uh, uh, a kind of interesting dynamic goes on, which is seeing copies of, of Western urban design. It's a fascinating book uh, by Bianca Bosker, who I interviewed for, for, for the magazine. And uh, uh, she's got a very interesting take on why it is that these sorts of developments are, are emerging. Again, kind of... Is, is copycat cities a problem because Chinese are not spending enough time uh, th concentrating on their own uh, or historic urban forms such as the hutons in, in, in Beijing? But just to sort of conclude, uh, I think one of Bianca Bosker's interesting points is that uh, China is in the process of moving from being imitative to generative. And what she means by that is there's actually very, very innovative things happening there just now. And this development is, is um, and you know, it might not be to everyone's taste, but it's, it's the Sky Tower that uh, uh, is, is possibly going to come to Chengsha in, 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 well, very quickly, actually meant to be starting this month. Uh, it's 200 stories high, and they're intending and building it in six months. Uh, compared that to uh, existing towers, that seems a, a kind of almost unimaginable speed that they're going to build at. And kind of you might look at these images of it and think, well, they're not very sure where they're building it because it looks very different <laughs> context to me. Uh, but kind of, do we doubt their ability to get there? I'm not so sure because there's very, very surprising things can happen in a, in, a, in a country with a dynamic like that. And kind of, you know, I think there's a lot to learn from China. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities for Western urban designers and urbanists to go out there and, and work. But I think also there's something to learn from China about the level of dynamism that goes on there. And we should, you know, the students from uh, Aberdeen went out to Suzhou and, and actually attended the conference that I was at and kind of, I think, really got to grips to, uh, with, with what's happening there and, and, and learnt quite a lot. So that's all I want to say uh, for just now. Um, so there's four presentations to come.